What's up? How's it going, y'all? We're both up here. You know? Wait. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. We are both up here. We are both up here. Howdy. Yeah. Um, welcome to First Timothy. Yeah, we are stoked. We had uh, our Sunday on it, but you know, if you if you just if you're a Wednesday night kiddo, then welcome. Yeah. yeah. We're we starting. Are. House rules. House rules. Yeah, we are super stoked to uh, dive into this book written by Paul. But uh, yeah, so we're just gonna. We just finished up First Thessalonians in just ASM, uh, kind of through First Thessalonians. We learned what it means to be steadfast, uh, what it means to be an everyday follower of Jesus, and uh, just to be disciples. And yeah, uh, I honestly loved it so much. I think Paul's letters are super awesome because they're just so direct in what we didn't. Yeah. And so yeah, they're they're really easy to go through. But so we're gonna go through one of Paul's letters. Yeah. Uh, it took us four months to get through five chapters. Uh, First Thessalonians, and we're going to spend another four months for six chapters of First Timothy. Why are we taking so long? Yeah, so I mean, we, if you guys were here last year, we did the book of Acts, and like we went the whole year in the book of Acts. But there's a lot of chapters in the book of Acts. Thank you, George. There are a lot of chapters in the book of Acts. So we were literally taking like huge chunks of the book of Acts every week, like one whole chapter. Um, and so we really thought, you know, if I'm a middle schooler and I'm sitting here, I'm wondering, like, why in the world are we going so slow through these books? And really what it is is we want to make sure that you guys are getting each little piece of what's going on in 1 Timothy. There's so much that's going on in this book. The book is written to a young pastor. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, and Paul's writing this as instruction for, for the guy and, and for the church what does it look like to be not just a follower of Jesus or somebody who's leading others to follow Jesus? What does it look like for us as a group, for a community of people, for the church in uh, that, that Timothy's leading to follow Jesus every day? And so we want to take that and kind of dissect it and give you guys a chance to kind of wrestle with all the different things that we saw over here on Sunday. There's a lot of content in a very short book because it's it's a letter. So he crams a lot in there, and we want to make sure that we, we give it its due time to go through it piece by piece. For sure, yeah. Um, so you mentioned this letter is written by Paul to Timothy. What's like, what's the context? Where are we? Kind of what's yeah. going down right now? So uh, if you guys are here on Sunday, so this will be uh, kind of uh, overlap. You've, you've heard a little bit of this, but uh, Paul, who uh, if you're unfamiliar with Paul, Paul is a guy named Saul who at the start of the early church after Jesus' earthly ministry, he died was buried, rose again. Uh, this guy named Saul actually went out and he was killing Christians. He was rounding up Christians for, uh, to just basically destroy the message of Jesus Christ. He has an encounter with the risen Jesus and becomes what we would know as the greatest missionary of his time, maybe of all time, because you and I are sitting here today actually because of the missionary journeys of Paul. Because he, uh, he took the message of Jesus to people like us, or I'm guessing most of you, Jewish descent. Um, and so we're actually sitting here because of what uh, Paul was able to accomplish through, uh, through Jesus. So this letter is actually written from that guy, Paul, to a young man uh, named Timothy who's in a city called Ephesus. And the context of this letter is that there's, uh, Timothy is uh, a young pastor who's taking over a church with uh, a lot of troubles. Like early on, they've just had some some difficulty. And so Timothy is kind of sent in to, uh, to clean house and make things better and to really set some things straight. And this Paul instruction to help him do that. It's awesome. Uh, so we see house rules. Rules kind of suck, not going to lie. We're the facts. Like, why are we doing house rules? That's kind of, eh. 
Yeah, so um, guys, one of the reasons that we looked at, I want to start off, uh, first of all, by saying I think a lot of people approach God's Word as like a book of rules. Um, and I, would, I think I would be lying to you if I said there's not rules in the Bible. There's absolutely rules. But I think we look at them the wrong way. We look at them as prohibitive, like don't do these things because God wants to destroy your fun. And really what we need to look at it at this as is these rules, these house rules, the things that Paul is writing to Timothy are to help Timothy as a young leader in a church uh, to help other people follow Jesus every day. But also it's written to, his, to this church to help them know, okay, I'm following Jesus. What does it actually look like for me to do that in the best way? Uh, in, in a similar way, you guys might, uh, you guys might, who likes doing like Legos or you like doing uh, some type of thing where you have to follow some instructions to put it together? A lot of timid hand raisers yeah. here. <laughs> I I'm like what? Why are you ashamed of Legos? Put your hand in Legos the air. They're amazing. Dope. I don't play with them. All right. Any now, Link, Lincoln Log kids for in me? Here? I'm an adult now, so I have I have adulting to do. In my adulting, sometimes we go to this awful place called IKEA. Yuck. And uh, and so Meatballs. I, look, IKEA is just a giant maze where they make you buy things because you feel guilty walking all the way through and finally getting out and not picking up a single thing. All right, so I, you pick up these things from IKEA though, and it's like a schmookish burr, right? <laughs> uh, whatever, because they all have weird names you can't pronounce. Like just call bookshelf. I'm more right? of a Hoofenhoffen guy. A Hoofenhoffer? Yeah, yeah. Hoofenhoffen. That's just, that's just wow. My, that's all right. just my well, opinion, you but you know. All right, but anyway, it's like, why can't she just call it a bookshelf? Anyway, so you build this bookshelf. I will tell you, if you try to build certain things, if you try to do things without following the proper instructions, it will not come out looking the way it ought to. And the same thing is for us. If we try to follow Jesus on our own terms, if we think that we can be author of of how that works. We're going to end up all kinds of messed up. And so it's good for us to look to God's word. And this is the instruction that Paul is giving to Timothy saying, hey, there's some problems in your church because people have been trying to follow Jesus on their own terms. They've been trying to write the story. They've been saying, thank you, Jesus, for salvation, but now we're going to do it our way. And it's just causing all kinds of trouble. And so rules are, in fact, very, very good for us. It's the reason that people drive the right direction on the road uh, or, you know, get pulled over. Or get um, pulled over. <laughs> for, you know, smuggling fish or whatever it was you did. Uh, but, hey, uh, rules are actually something that can be good. Uh, if, you, if it makes you feel more comfortable, call them house guidelines. I don't know. But really, the house, uh, when we're talking about the house, we're talking about the church. Uh, and if we're in God's house uh, and we're part of God's family as far as this, what are the rules? What are the guidelines? How should we be following Jesus in the best way possible uh, every day? Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, you mentioned it's to the church. I know you sometimes speak in main service, but we're just ASM. So, like, we're not really a part of the church, right? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Here's wow. something that... <laughs> just off the top of my head. Top, uh, <laughs> don't mind these. All right. So, but here's the thing. I think that quite often as middle schoolers, I know I felt this way. My dad was a pastor, and I still felt like... Well, I went to, uh, our youth group is called The Overflow, and so I would go to Overflow, and yeah, we were back in the day when you used to name your, your youth group like stupid names that had nothing to do with your church. Like ASM? So, um, ASM, Alderwood Ooh. Student Ministry. What are you talking about? It's Alderwood Community Church. Right. Get off the stage. All right. So, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, I remember thinking, like, this is it. Like, this is, this is church for me. Like, that over there, where the adults go, that's not church. It's not, that, at least that's not for me. And so... What I want you guys to understand is there's a reality that a lot, of, a lot of young people graduate high school and they walk away from church. And here's what I think happens. 
I think that for seven years, from the time you entered sixth grade to the time you graduated, you never darkened the door of the auditorium. You never got involved in a lot of the church. Guys, ASM is not church. ASM is a part of the church, but it is not the church. We're a part of something much bigger. We're a part of Alderwood Community Church, which is a part of the big C church of followers of Jesus all over the world. And when we don't, as young people, get involved in serving in the local church, in being a part of worshiping together, here's what ends up happening. You graduate high school and you go out and you look for a church that looks like youth group. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no church on Sunday morning in main service of adults doing things the way we do it here. You'll be disappointed. And so it's important for you guys to learn now. I want to see you guys in third service. When I'm preaching on Sunday morning, I look out and I don't see enough of my students. I see very few of you guys. And that actually breaks my heart because you guys are a part of the church and you bring something valuable to it. Uh, there are old people who need to learn about what it looks like to love Jesus like just with crazy, reckless abandon the way that you guys worship when we're at camp. It's cool. It infuses energy. And you know what? You guys have a lot to learn from them. And, and when we don't do that together, when we don't live intergenerationally with older, younger, all rubbing shoulders, all loving and following Jesus together, we're missing out on something huge. And so you guys are a part of the church. Uh, that's why this is important. The, the things that we're going to hear about how the church is to follow Jesus, it's you. It's not just for adults. It is for you. Yeah. Um, so on Sunday, if you guys were with us, uh, watch the awesome video by The Bible Project. It was kind of going through the outline of, um, of the book of First Timothy, and we actually have their poster right over there. Nice and crooked. Um, Good oops, job. My bad. Uh, what if I heard something in that video that, like, sounded interesting, kind of worried me, or I know there were a few topics that I was just a little kind of worried about. What if I, how do I talk about that with somebody because we're doing a month-long Right. Uh, series, then what if we're just going to get to it in May? Like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And, and on Sunday, we asked you guys what, as we looked at all the topics, all the themes that are covered in the book of Timothy, we said, hey, as you break them into your small groups, what is the one thing that maybe stuck out to you, the one thing that you're looking forward to most covering in this? And we're like in First Timothy 1 verses 1 and 2 tonight. That's it. Okay. And maybe the thing that you're looking forward to hearing about is in First Timothy chapter 6. What do you do with that? Here's what I would say. Uh, talk to your group leader now. Start those discussions. Like, ask questions. Talk to Mitchell and I. You know, you do not have to wait for us to bring something to a small group discussion or on a, sun, or on a Wednesday night for us to start talking about it. We would actually love, the two of us especially, but know your small group leaders, they're here to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Or at least to, if you don't know what that is, to discover what that might be. And so if you have questions about something we're going to cover in First Timothy, start talking about it now. Come and talk to Mitchell and I. We would love to have those conversations. Yeah, and then another one. Uh, what if I hear something that I disagree with? Do I just, like, shut up and go? No, you should ask questions about that 100%. Like, there are things that I wrestle with in, in Scripture, things that I have a hard time with. Uh, I can't just, like, pretend they're not there. I have to actually, like, okay, what does this mean? Uh, maybe there's a context I don't understand. Maybe it's just a hard truth for me to swallow, and I need to, I need to be real about that. Yeah, sweet. So uh, you mentioned First Timothy one, 1 through two. So let's take a look at our passage for tonight. Uh, read it out for us. It says, "Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord." 
First Timothy 1, 1 through 2. Uh, that's a weird intro, not going to lie. Uh, I don't know about you, I read a paper to like my professor, like teacher at school, I don't say, of Mitchell Morris, a student at University of Washington and a disciple of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, to my teacher, I write to you. No, that's weird. Like, no. Uh, so why is he starting with such also, a... Also, you dub, they'd be like, get out. <laughs> yeah. Not a big Jesus school, not going to lie. <laughs> that's uh, weird. Yeah. All right. So why is there such a long trip? Like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, well, I, first we have to look at this this first part right here, right? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Like, what Paul is doing is he's establishing, not just for Timothy, but for anybody who's going to read this letter, by what authority does he actually say these things? Where is he getting uh, what he's writing? And he wants you to understand that he's grounded in Jesus, this is not something he's just like coming up off the top of his head. He's not just going, hey, you know what sounds good today? I'm going to write a letter to Timothy, and I'm going to give him some, some pithy advice. That's not it at all. What he's doing is he's trying to convey to him something powerful that he's been given by God. And so it's important that he starts out this letter because when they sent letters like this to, when Paul would send a letter to a pastor or to a church, that letter was not to be just read by uh, by the pastor of that church, it was to be distributed uh, among all the churches. So that's one of the reasons we have this today, and we're reading a letter that was written to a guy named Timothy almost a thousand years ago, is it because this book now became scripture and was distributed, and so we, it's good for us to know, and good for Paul to explain at the beginning, by what authority does he, does he give this advice? Does he give uh, these, as we look at them, house rules? Yeah. Um. And we see he's writing to Timothy, that second part, uh, to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Why is he writing to Timothy? And what do you mean by son? Because I'm pretty sure Paul didn't have kids. This, this would be true. Paul does not have kids. Paul did not have kids. Uh, and so uh, Timothy is, is like a son to him. Like, so many of you guys have heard, if you went to main service, heard me share on Wednesday nights, uh, I've talked about a young lady named, uh, named Fallon, who's really close to me and my wife. Like, uh, she, we consider her like like a spiritual daughter. She's somebody we we raised up in her faith. Uh, we've walked side by side with her. Paul and Timothy have really had this type of relationship where Paul, as an older gentleman, has actually come alongside this young man and helped him understand what it means to follow Jesus every day. Uh, and so when he says, my true son in the faith, what he's saying is, this is somebody who I've spent a lot of time helping to get the point that he's at. Um, and so... When we look at this next part, and you can go to the next slide here, uh, we, the way that he addresses him is also interesting. Uh, he says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, and that's just not how we talk. Like Mitchell pointed that out earlier. Uh, you know, when I, uh, I don't really write letters anymore because, uh, you know, it's 2020. Mil- I write emails. What a millennial. Uh, so, uh, so I, like if I write an email, I don't typically start with uh, Curtis, pastor of at Alderwood Community Church with a specialization in middle ministry, follower of Jesus. Uh, I don't know what else could I throw in there. A resident of Lake Stevens. Hey, shh! It's a great, beautiful place to live. All right, thank you. That's right, Lake Stevens. Right right up here. That's what's up. All right, so. I don't, I don't start that way. And I don't say things like, hey, uh, like when I saw Mitchell today, I didn't go, hey, Mitchell, grace, mercy, and peace to you today. Uh, I said, hey, Mitchell, what's up? That's weird. Um, <laughs> he just touched that. Uh, okay, so grace, 
mercy and peace, I think it's important we understand what those words mean because they're actually, uh, it's actually a prayer, not just a, a thing that he is saying as an intro, but this is actually something he's praying over Timothy. Something he's saying, hey, these three things are actually really important. And, and we'll define them this way, is that grace is something that is given that we don't deserve. It's a gift. And the, and the grace specifically that we speak of as followers of Jesus is that we've been given forgiveness that we don't deserve for our sins through Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's reminding us grace, which should in turn remind him to be somebody who gives grace, who is forgiving and gracious with others. And then we have this word mercy. Uh, and mercy, we're going to define this way. Mercy is not getting something you do deserve. Okay? And so that's, that's, the, that's the idea of avoiding punishment. But I want to be clear. It's avoiding punishment, not consequences. Sometimes we do stupid things. And cause and effect is real. All right? And here's how I know that middle schoolers, y'all struggle with, uh, with cause and effect. Because I've seen some of the dumb stuff you guys do that you don't think I see you do or find out that you do at camp. Oh. All right? Yeah, that's right. I see you. All right? Okay. Anyway. And y'all Mercy. got snitches all around you, not going to lie. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you guys think I don't hear. I know. I got eyes everywhere. All right. Anyways, back to the point. Uh, <laughs> mercy is this idea of not getting what you do deserve. It's avoiding punishment, but not consequences. Shh. And so it has, if I do something stupid, there's going to be a consequence. Uh, this, last, uh, this last week, my son was messing around. And I told him, hey, bud, you need to stop like, jumping up and down over by the stairs. You're going to end up hurting yourself. I need you to stop that. Now, he directly disobeyed me by not stopping. But here's the thing. I showed him mercy. And I showed him mercy because he jumped up and then hit his head super hard on the banister and immediately started crying. So I felt bad for him. But mercy says, you disobeyed me. I'm going to let you live out the natural consequences because there's no choice now. Cause and effect is real. Just because we've been given mercy, and I want us to understand this as we follow Jesus every day, Mercy is not the idea that you escape consequences for what you've done. There are natural consequences when we sin. Sometimes we got to own up to that. What it means is that we've been given forgiveness. God doesn't hold our sins against us. We're avoiding the punishment of God on our sins. So, yeah, mercy. The last one here, peace. And we just don't say this word that often. Like, when we say something like peace, when we think peace, I talked about this a few months ago when I preached in main service. Peace is this idea of erene, and this is a, a Greek word that I'm throwing out at you. I'm about to geek out a little bit. Erene has this idea of wholeness or completeness. Like when you see a house that's finished, like in, in my area, in Lake Stevens, there's a lot of new construction. Right now, these houses don't have erene. They don't have completeness. There's n they're not finished. They're just like maybe like the walls have been tilted up or they're putting on a new roof or whatever. When they're, that idea of a reine or peace is this idea of completeness, something being brought to fullness. Uh, and this is something that we're to pursue as we're everyday followers of Jesus is to pursue, become complete in him or experiencing this, this kind of peace. It's not necessarily the absence of conflict, right? Because we can sometimes say, oh, we have peace with other country. But do you guys ever hear that and go, sure we do. Okay, yeah, you know that, right? We're not at war with them, but there's tension, right? You understand that. Like, you might have peace between you and someone else because you're not throwing fisticuffs, but you know you don't love that person in your heart. That's not peace. That's a false peace, and it's not a rene, right? It's not completeness. It's not wholeness. It's not something that's the way that it should be. 
And so when we're looking at grace, mercy, and peace, that's kind of what he's uh, getting at there. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so we're going to give you guys uh, some extra time to break into your small groups today. And uh, you guys had kind of half the week to think about the, the book of Timothy, but we're going to take a look at just Paul's intro to Timothy. Uh, so we're going to take a look, which of these grace, uh, or uh, the, the idea of getting a gift that you don't deserve, uh, mercy, which is avoiding the punishment, but not necessarily the consequences, and peace, that completion. Which of those threes do you need or struggle to understand in your life? Um, and so, yeah, we're going to give you guys some time to kind of go through that with your small group and, uh, and really think about that. Yeah, and as we look at these things, I want you to think about not just which of these do I struggle doing, but which do you struggle getting sometimes? Guys, we, uh, we struggle with things like grace. Like me personally, I struggle with grace. Like I'm my own worst critic. And so when I screw up, I'm often like the last person to forgive myself. And so we really struggle with someone bestowing grace on us maybe. Maybe that's you. Uh, and maybe for you, like the idea of, of receiving mercy is something you have a hard time with. Uh, but for some of you, maybe it's, it's the giving of those things. And when you think of peace uh, and this idea of wholeness, uh, that, that's kind of a weird question. But think of it this way. When you think about peace or wholeness, what in your life do you see as not whole, something that is broken, and you really struggle with the thought of even trying to bring peace or wholeness to that, uh, that area of your life? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to pray real quick, and then... And Brett's going to yeah. in a closing song. You guys yeah. split up for small groups. Yeah, let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for this letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. Uh, once again, I just ask you for guidance for uh, ASM as a whole as we begin to go through this book. Uh, God, I ask for patience as we uh, kind of go through this bit by bit and, and realize that, that every word has meaning and every word has importance, God. Uh, pray for tonight. Pray for this small group time that we will uh, spend it wisely, that, that good fruit will come out of it, and that we will... Um, We'll really take a look at our lives and realize what we need most, God. And I pray that next in asking you for help, uh, asking our leaders for help, and uh, just kind of looking for what we need. In your name we pray. Amen.